This is the Cinema for All podcast. The celebration of going to the cinema with Jack Chell and Abby Standish. Welcome back to the Cinema for All podcast. We've got a really special episode for you today with a takeover from our friends at Soulfest. Soulfest stands for Screening Our Unseen Lives. It's a fantastic month-long film festival celebrating black British film talent. The festival is built on a collaboration of four amazing organisations, the British Blacklist, the New Black Film Collective, We Are Parable and Soul Film. We're going to pop info about each organisation in the show notes so you can go and check them out. The festival usually takes place at the BFI South Bank in London, but due to the pandemic, they had to take the festival online. We hope you enjoy the inspirational and insightful stories shared in the reflections by these wonderful contributors and cinema extraordinaires featured in this episode as much as we have. Being involved in Soulfest to me means to be a part of a festival that really promotes black talent, in the most honest and robust way possible, you know? Soulfest is championing diverse stories, diverse filmmakers, and the team take out the time to get to know the filmmakers as well, which is what I appreciate. This was the festival that I wanted to get into. Like This was the main one I wanted to get into for the film to have the audience that I had intended when I started to write it. It's really exciting to be a part of a platform that's basically trying to uplift voices and stories, you know, directed by people that maybe we don't normally see in the industry. It's only the beginning of my career, so this film being shown at Soulfest is a major achievement for me, man. The second annual Soul Film Festival, Soulfest 2020, was a month-long celebration of black British talent across both feature films and shorts, including Q&As, masterclasses and industry panels. Here to discuss the challenges and benefits of platforming an online-only festival amid COVID-19 lockdown restrictions and their thoughts on the year ahead are the festival team. I'm Yare. I am co-founder of Soul and co-founder of Soulfest. Essentially, what I do is put on screening and networking events to bring underrepresented talent into contact with the wider industry and also to kind of celebrate and focus on diverse talent via our film festival. And I think one of the key tenets of what we do is collaboration. I'm Aquia Jamfi, founder of the British Blacklist, the platform that showcases the best of black creatives from the UK who work across screen, stage, literature and sound. I'm also a co-founder of the Seoul Film Festival. My name's Priscilla Igwe, and I'm director of the New Black Film Collective, which is also a co-founder of Seoul Film Festival. We are proud to be a nationwide organisation that helps bring diverse films from the African diaspora to the community. And we're looking forward to doing even more great things for black British talent going forward. My name is Anthony Andrews. I'm the co-founder and creative director of We Are Parable and co-founder of Soul. We Are Parable is an award-winning film exhibition company that provides opportunities to audiences all around the UK to experience and respond to black cinema in culturally relevant, memorable and unique ways. 2020 has been one of the most unprecedented years in terms of what you thought it was going to be and what we actually got. From our point of view, in terms of running Soul, 
that's meant essentially that we've not been able to do most of what we would typically do in a given year. So this is the first year, for instance, in five years where we haven't run one of our screening and networking events every quarter at the BFI South Bank. So it's been a real challenge from that point of view. I think having Soulfest and being part of that team really kind of gave a kind of a focus and lifted the year, which otherwise I think would have been quite hard with regards to all of this sort of work. I think the middle of the year and the sort of explosion of attention around black culture that obviously came in the wake of George Floyd was really interesting because there's this pressure in some ways to kind of react, to do something, to be seen to be doing something. And then on the other hand, feeling like, well, hold on a minute, this is what we do all day, every day and have done for years, you know, and we shouldn't necessarily feel pushed. You know, the whole point is that we get to be ourselves and get to just be and that the pressure that you were kind of under to maybe kind of react and be seen to react, I think was a really strange situation. So all in all, it's been a really strange year. And I think the key thing that I think we kind of learned before this year, but I think came into sharp relief this year was that those partnerships, those collaborations, and how much you lean on those and how important they are to kind of keeping you going. Speaking about the British Blacklist, since 2020 (laughs) took our natural lives away, I've found that actually the benefits have been the time to pause, reflect, and really strategize about what the business is, what kind of service I want the British Blacklist to provide, and how myself as the founder, director, does that. I'd say pre-2020, there's been a lot of running around to every event possible, being here, there and everywhere, splitting myself into many little different pieces, where 2020 took all of that away. And I think from a well-being and health perspective, it's actually been beneficial. Rampant virus outside the state of my home, obviously notwithstanding. So I think 2020 has shown, I think myself and other creatives in my bubble, that You don't have to do everything and be everywhere and you can still be just as effective if you take time to pause, reflect and make more conscious decisions about what events and what projects. And I think take more time to consider the yeses and the nos, especially when you're a startup, even though I've been a long eight year startup, it's quite difficult to say no to things when you know that you haven't got all the resources at your favour and you're trying to make an impact that's long lasting. For We Are Parable, you know, 2020 has been a bit of a challenging year. We started off the year doing what we always do, screening films, creating experiences around those films in cinemas. And obviously, as the lockdown hit and, you know, cinemas were closed and we were ordered to stay inside, we really thought, you know, do we even have a business anymore? Luckily, what we had done at the end of last year was really try and double down on what we stood for and how we should show up in our audience's lives and what values do we hold and what's our philosophy. And we came up with the idea of saying experience over everything. So really putting the audience experience at the forefront of everything that we do. So when we took a bit of time out, similar to what Akria said, we thought we need to take that philosophy that we brought to all of our offline physical events and bring them into the online space. And I think what that allowed us to do is to be quite agile 
move pretty quickly and pivot into the online event space and also start to experiment with different formats. One of the first things we did at the start of lockdown was watch parties on Instagram Live where we had poetry sessions and DJ sessions just to test out the format to see if it was something that our audience would respond to. Another thing that we did, we started to form partnerships with organizations such as Mubi, who offered a free three-month subscription to their service. We put that out to our audience and three and a half thousand people signed up. And it wasn't something that we were asking for our audience. It was something that we were giving back. It was all about how could we add value in our audience's lives outside of the events that we did. And I think when it came to the audience, we really tried to put them really at the front and center of everything we did. So we made sure that we were, even if we didn't have any events that were happening, we were still in dialogue with them, you know, talking to them, posting relevant things that they might be going through. And then as a result, organizations and different stakeholders got in touch with us because they saw we were still being active and the number of opportunities came off that. But I think it really started from us being as agile as we possibly could and really pivoting quite early. It's been a challenging year, definitely, but I think we've been really productive in how we make it work for us. For the New Black Film Collective, 2020 and the whole pandemic, funnily enough, didn't really change so much for us because the way we're set up, everything we've been doing has been around remote working. And I think the future is pretty much without walls these days. So yes, it was really hard on a personal level to see certain cinemas close, cinemas that we've worked with for almost 15 years. That's when it became really real, seeing people worrying about their jobs and what's going to happen next for them, if they're going to be back when the studios come back with their big blockbusters. But day to day for us, it hasn't been too different. I have to say, though, it does bring up thoughts around self-care, mental health, and what are we doing to be each other's keeper? So yes, it's been a strange time, an introspective time, but one that makes us think that we're hopefully in a more caring place for next year and the rest of the decade. It's going to be quite interesting going forward, particularly with our work, to see how much of this energy around being more inclusive, being more accepting, how much of these ideas that are currently being kind of lauded by lots of different big organisations and small organisations, how much of this is going to stick? How different is the world going to be when we're back to something close to normal and the world opens up again? Will things just fall back into the previous patterns or will the world genuinely be different? It's hard to tell at the moment which way things are going to go. Obviously, 2021, 2022 will teach us how fundamental some of the change has been. But I think, you know, I'm hopeful. The optimist in me says, yeah, you know what? Things have changed and they're never going back. And then the kind of realist in me is like, yeah, you know what? It wouldn't take much. And I suppose I think that's one of the things that's really interesting about this time and where we are right now. How real is the change is something that I think about a lot. Yeah, I would agree with Yare. I think, you know, only time will tell if there's going to be sustainable change. But what I will say is that while there are organisations seemingly wanting to invest either their money or time or resources into organisations like our own, I think the onus is really on us to make sure that we are leveraging these opportunities and trying to get as many stakeholders, partners, filmmakers through the door as possible to get their work made and get their work seen. 
I think, you know, the four organisations that have come together to create Soul have got a combined platform that, you know, is formidable at best of times. So I think it's really about how can we use these opportunities that are being given to us by the big organisations who perhaps haven't done enough in the past to, I guess, focus on black stories, to focus on black creators, but now want to, you know, take those stories and take those individuals forward. How can we make the most of those opportunities to ensure that this isn't just a moment that we turn it into something that's a lot more sustainable and hopefully turn the heads of these organizations so it does turn into long-term change. I think that's something that I feel organizations who are getting these opportunities have a responsibility to make sure they see through. Trying to work on Soulfest during the height of the first COVID lockdown was a real challenge because for a great big chunk of lockdown we didn't know what was possible and whether it was even appropriate to try so trying to get to that point where it's like okay let's make a decision and this is what we should do came quite late in the process which is always difficult when you're trying to do a film festival and I think there were some real challenges in the way that we programmed in the way that we raised money to deliver the festival in the way that we did partnerships. But I think also there were some really interesting things where we were forced to do things in ways that really worked quite well. Each of us took the lead on certain different aspects of the festival. And, you know, so for instance, the challenge in terms of delivering the educational kind of strands within the festival was something that a queer really you know, spent a great deal of time dealing with? I think by the time we were getting into the planning of this year's festival, luckily we'd kind of navigated enough the world of Zoom and Zoom conversations. So at least we weren't struggling to learn, get to grips with this new technology. The few weeks prior had kind of acclimatised us to that. So at least that wasn't so much of a problem. It was more about getting people to engage with the education programme. But what I'm really proud of is the fact that we had really successful attendance rates and really great panellists ranging from, you know, talking about publicity and marketing, which is a particular favourite, to funding and things like that. So I definitely think that despite everything, we managed to pull off some really good educational programmes and strands. And I think it's something that actually going forward, we can incorporate a lot more some online events, it, it makes it more accessible, we get a wider audience, and especially when it comes to convenience and being able to get top-notch speakers and panellists, being online cuts out the worry about, you know, people coming to venues and stuff like that. I mean, nothing beats a physical event, but I think we really, I think as a team anyway, in general, we really were able to utilise the new normal, as it were, whilst we were during this lockdown period. So I'm really, really proud of the educational strand. Also, in terms of programming the festival, one of the upshots with regards to shorts that was really exciting in this year in particular was the fact that because we were pushed online, it opened up many more slots for shorts than we would have otherwise been able to provide. And particularly in terms of kind of getting together a program of shorts, it'd be really interesting to hear like what Anthony thinks. I think pulling together the program of shorts was massively important especially in this year, because I just have this feeling that in the future, especially if we're thinking about the way people experience film, I think what's going to happen is that short form content is really going to come into its own. 
especially if people are watching films online, you know, we've already got really short attention spans. And I think short form content is where it's at. So I think, you know, the short symposium that we did online was, you know, really significant. And I think the quality of work was was incredible. So again, thinking about what the philosophy of Soul Film Fest is, it's all about shining a light and providing a platform for filmmakers. So really giving them an opportunity to not only showcase their film, but to talk and to contextualize their work was so important because especially if you couple that with the fact that we're having conversations with executives from particular organizations such as Amazon, Sony, Disney, you know, there's a good chance that there could be some overlap there and who knows what might happen. So I think what Soulfest does really well is kind of straddle the line between the sort of consumer element of showing films, but then also there's the industry side where, you know, if those two things coalesce, then some filmmakers could have some really great opportunities that they may not have got or may have had to wait a longer time if it wasn't for Soulfest being there to bring the two elements together. One of the things that's really interesting about trying to do any film festival, regardless of whether you're locked down in a global pandemic or not, is paying for it. And I think one of the things that kind of is a real driver for us is kind of trying to raise that money. And Priscilla often takes the lead in a lot of those areas. Dealing with kind of raising money in the backdrop of this crazy year, I'd be really interested to hear what Priscilla has to say about our sales and fundraising. Well, for 2020, the challenge was, once the pandemic hits, has the money dried up? Would there still be interest? And for better or worse, the world still moves on. Straight off the bat, I thought, let's go to the people who supported us last year. And I'm very pleased to say that we had a high uptake on our repeat sales, as it were. And I didn't reinvent the wheel with this festival. I just went back to my experience of thinking, what can we offer people that's easy and they can sort of use it as a vehicle to buy into what we're doing? And so one of the things was the brochure. And many a time, especially when we're thinking about carbon footprints, we say to ourselves, let's just stay digital and save paper. And that is the right thing to do, to be honest. But at the same time, I feel like when it comes to an item that's a keepsake, a memento, and part of our legacy, I thought it was really important that we produce a brochure that would be printed at some point and reflect the year, reflect what the industry is doing and how it actually affects not just black filmmakers, but the black community as a whole. And then right now I'm holding in my hand a souvenir edition. And it's 68 pages long. And people have been really, really happy to see it really proud of the beautiful black images and our customers and clients, as it were, have placed advertising with us. And by placing advertising, they're placing their trust with their brand in our platform. So I'm just looking forward to those partnerships going forward next year and multiplying. And I think what we can do with those relationships is show the rest of the world where we are as a premium festival and that we have indeed a lot to offer. Low key, to be really honest, at this festival, I had a feminist agenda. We had a brilliant rising black British actress on the front cover. And I'm hoping that we will continue to champion intersectionality into 2021. We'll be back at the BFI South Bank with bells and whistles on.
I think 2020 has really been an exercise in resilience for everyone, especially for the film industry. And I think what was really just so inspiring about this year is that we had conversations about, you know, potentially not doing Soulfest. And I'm so glad we did. It was a really big challenge. You know, we made the festival 10 times bigger in a pandemic, which was incredible. And we've been able to work with some truly talented filmmakers, people that work in the industry behind the scenes. And I think if we didn't have the resilience and the motivation and the endurance to go ahead and do that, then you know, potentially this wouldn't happen and we wouldn't be in such a great position for 2021. So I'd say just thank you to the team and thank you to everyone who was a part of it. So that was our first takeover. Huge, huge thanks to Priscilla Igwe of the New Black Film Collective. She's also the Robot Cup winner 2018 for her contribution to the community cinema movement. And we absolutely love it a bit. So thank you so much for that. Um, Stay tuned for more takeovers in the future. We've really loved doing this. So expect more to come. Absolutely. And if you'd like to find out more about Soulfest, you can visit soulfilmfest.co.uk. But for now, let's roll credits. Producer Jay Platt for Cinema for All and Nuru Remington Makali for Soulfest. Logo designed by Lydia Lipinski at Thoughts Make Things. Hosted by Jack Chell and Abby Standish with thanks to Priscilla Igwe, The British Blacklist, The New Black Film Collective, We Are Parable, Soul Film, everybody involved at Soulfest, everybody who contributed to this episode, and Deborah Parker. The Cinema for All podcast is supported by the BFI awarding funds from the National Lottery. Thank Thank you. you!